One, two, one, two, three, four, four, three, two, one. Let's see if we can't get you excited there, Caesar. Hmm. Okay, I just froze right now. <laughs> no comeback on that one. Okay, we're, we're, we are rolling, guys, guys, and, and gal. I think I have one female listener. <laughs> Welcome right. to this Juan time. Today, my guest is Caesar. I don't think I ever got your last name. Foz. Foz. Caesar Foz. Um, Caesar, thank you for sitting in. You had a very important career okay. as um, I heard you speak about the first time I met you and uh, from what my uh, uncle, who will be the next guest, has mentioned. Um, can you uh, go ahead and give us an introduction to um, what your career uh, was? Well, in, in fact, I'm going to go a little bit further back because I, I, think, I think it's important. Uh, I'm actually uh, born in Mexico. Yes. So my nationality is, is uh, Mexican. So, But I came here at a very early age and uh, actually became naturalized when I was about uh, 17 years old. Okay. And at the time, I didn't realize what the significance of that meant because uh-huh. it wasn't as critical as it is nowadays because it's much more <clears throat> difficult. But mm-hmm. but my parents, you know, we came down here and uh, had a very great upbringing and uh, went to college Got a degree in uh, criminal justice, mm-hmm. and which led into my the career that I uh, retired from, which was law enforcement. So, okay. So I did twenty four years. Retired yeah. as a uh, lieutenant at the time. Uh, wonderful career. Loved every minute of it. To this day, I still miss it. Yeah. How long have you been retired? Uh, about nine years. Nine years. Wow, so, that's that's, yeah. a, that's a good amount of time man, yeah, to kind of reflect on it. It. it, it a lot, can, a lot have a lot happened in twenty four years. So it, it was uh, didn't seem like a long time because a lot of careers that go much longer. But there's a lot that you that's involved in law enforcement and a lot of things that you see then. Go ahead Great and pull that mic up a little things. bit more to you. You know, bring, like bring it, bring it to you. That way you can sit where you're sitting and and it gets Got it. <laughs> it gets a little a little in there. I want some of that bass in there. All right, there we go. Huh. But you can bring it to you if you want to sit yeah. back. You know, yes. I'll, I'll be moving around. Uh, as this goes on, I get more comfortable. Mike, oh closer. yeah, you'll probably be right on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah. You get you get relaxed. Um, you know, that's how I interviewed my coach, and he was just like he had done plenty of interviews and TV spots, but this was completely different. Because yeah. even you asked me, "What yeah. do you have kind of planned?" And I said, "Well, this is a free flowing conversation, so that's the pro to it, but that's also a con." You know, yeah, it is you know, different. Some of us, some people, some of us um, can get lost in our train of thoughts. Yeah. And we got to kind of reel it back. Correct. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> so let's let's get you comfortable, as I, as I said. So, um, <laughs> but at your own pace, at your own pace. Yeah. So you you served for twenty four years, been retired for nine. Uh, I cut you off there. You were trying to make a point. No, I just I, you know I, I think it's important to our listeners that I'm a minority. Yeah. In law enforcement, so I'm very proud of that. So, but I, t- I did twenty four years, and uh, I was very fortunate because I, I I I bounced around a different. From different assignments throughout the 24 years so i was very fortunate in that and a lot of it did help the fact that i was bilingual and a minority because yeah. we live in a border town yep so like my for example the first three years i worked as a, uh, a patrolman and that was pretty much it after that i got transferred into a narcotics unit and uh where i worked in the undercover capa- undercover capacity or through informants but uh because i am bilingual mm-hmm. so yeah uh, so, so you so your whole time serving was in the um this community here in Yuma community, correct? Yuma County. Yeah. Um, well, in the city of Yuma, so. Okay. Okay. City of Yuma, and you mentioned you had some high-profile um, security uh, details, which we'll get into yeah. for sure. Um, so you're born in Mexico. Um, which which part of Mexico? Uh, San Luis, Mexico. Okay. San, yeah. San Luis, Sonora. Sonora. Rio. Mexico. 
Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, look at them R's. Got to roll that R. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you, so you were born down there, and then you were naturalized when you were seventeen. So, yeah. did you uh, go to school in Yuma as well? I went to school, high school. Yeah, I went to a private Catholic school for eight years, uh-huh. and then I went to a public high school, and then uh, from there I went to our local college for a couple of years, got my associate associates, and then went up to Flagstaff. And you? And you got my uh, bachelor's of science up there, so. Nice. Big change from the desert to snow, so. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, so you mentioned that you had you, you had taken up a lot of um, different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, jobs. Uh, there's yeah. another word I'm looking for there, but jobs is all I can think of. Um, so were you just kind of just eager to just get in there, head, you know, head, head, not headstrong, but just eager to dive into the job and any opportunity you kind of put your hand up? Yeah, yeah, well, it, it, the uh, when I graduated, my intent was not to go work law, local law enforcement. My intent was to go federal. You know, you get, you get a four degree. You don't really need a four degree to go into local law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Some places okay. you do, but as a whole, you don't. So my intent was to go federal. <clears throat> but uh, this was back in '86, right? Actually, '85. But at the time, there was a freeze, and I happened to work for a local furniture store, and I was a col- in collections. And a buddy of mine said, hey, the PD's testing. Why don't you try out for that? So I did. Mm-hmm. And I got hired. Uh, and, and, and throughout my time here, I had opportunities to go federal. But uh, by then, I'd invested not only quite a bit of my time here, but I actually loved the job. It was just the, the, uh, the job of, and this, sounds, this may sound corny, but mm-hmm. helping people yeah. and serving your community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought that was a great honor. It was the biggest honor. And my whole family's from Mexico. Yeah. So it, to me, this was a very important job. Mm-hmm. Um, it had status with it. <clears throat> but more importantly, uh, because I'm biling- bilingual and we have a high Hispanic population here, uh, I felt I could help, you know, people that I've been around for years. So, yeah. So. Well, I think that that's as corny as you might say that 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 sounds. I think um, you know that's exactly what you want to hear, though, from yeah. from a a public servant, you know, sure. an, an officer, because um, that is, I mean, a completely hot topic right now is is law enforcement. So I think yeah. you would want to hear that sure. that is somebody's you know goal is to be um, a community leader. Um, you know, you're there to help the 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 ones around you. Yeah. I think, and that that also helps that you kind of live in the communities that you patrol. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so people get familiar with you. You get familiar with people. Yeah. So, um, I think that just has tons of pros when you're sure when you're in that same area and and getting out of the patrol car, you know, and, yeah. and actually interacting with folks instead of just sitting there. Absolutely. Because it becomes a game. It becomes a cat and mouse game. You yeah. know, you, you want to win. You yeah. want to, you know, you, you have this mindset, and they and a criminal will have that mindset too. Like I have to escape at all at all times, yeah. and you're like, well, I have to catch you. So. It does become a, um, yeah. a game. So, for first, just to get back to like that, like as corny as it sounds, like that's exactly what I would want to hear. Yeah, yeah, and it's not only going out and catching the bad guys, but uh, you know, it's also about um, you know changing the image of law enforcement. And yes. right now, it's just a very difficult time. And uh, one officer makes a mistake, and it impacts the whole department. Not that individual officer. Mm-hmm. You know that John Doe. Yeah. No, it's all law enforcement. So, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, changed in law enforcement during my career is that community policing and getting out of your vehicle, like you said, and just talking to people. You know, um, 
interacting with them and then getting to know you. I mean, you're mm-hmm. right. I, as a kid, I knew police only by when they drove by my house. Yeah. And that's it. But uh, and I know I made it a point to get out and just talk to people. And and that was even a shocker to them. They'd kind of look at me like, what did I do? No, nothing. Yeah. I'm just here to, you know, say hi. Yeah. I work in your area and... Uh, yeah, to, to see to see the to see the face behind the badge and the uniform and, yeah. and to see the personality because yeah. it, it's personality. So that's like why you have to yeah. take those situations and realize that it's an individual that made a, a severe mistake in yeah. that mo- in that yeah. point in time. And now, not only that that they made a mistake, but it's a mistake. Yeah. Like unless there's documented. Um, you know that that it's a documented pattern from this particular person. Um, you know, because that has been the case in the past where, you know, the buddies, you know, you got to protect because I got your back, you got my back. So yeah. that that has been an issue as well. But, you know, you have to chalk it up, not chalk it up, but realize when it's when a mistake was a mistake yeah. and that it's not a pattern because yeah. we're human yeah. and that's a high stress job. Like I've considered, you know, I was trying to be a firefighter and then I'm like, man, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, cops and, you know, how bad, like I, the reason I like to hear this is because that's exactly why I would want to do it. Yeah. Um, if, if I went down that way and I'm just like, now I, I don't think I could because that job is so demanding and it's such an high, um, again, it's, it's a high profile, like people don't have it in the right, you know, view, uh, the way they're viewing it. So it'd be a big <clears> risk <throat> at me now at, at 31 versus 21 yeah. with, with now with the family, you know, to, yeah. to get into that. I, I don't think I could do it as much as I would want to, you know, impact the way you mentioned. Yeah, it's just you know, the politics have dragged in public servants and they're, it's almost like they're being used as a, a tool for political reasons. And it's, yeah. it's completely... You know, I don't. I don't really look at the news a whole lot because it's just it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult to decipher. You know what's truth and what isn't, and it's uh, so I kind of stay out. It's, of a, it. it's an angle. Everything's an yeah. angle. At the top, it's it's everybody's a pawn. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Even even law enforcement, because you, yeah. again, you forget that it's your neighbor. Yeah. Your neighbors, you know, in, in law enforcement, it's not it's not just some big conglomerate. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you know, the government, as everybody yeah. just wants to say, or the man. It's where we are individuals yeah. and, and we tend to forget that when yeah. it, when it befits our narrative, yeah. you know, but it, it, as a whole law enforcement's always had kind of had a bad image and, and that's our role is, you know, we're protectors of your community. And I had one, I had, used to have an officer that uh, he used to talk on the local radio Spanish station and he brought up a good point. He was patrolling and, uh, and, uh, one of our parks down here and there was a lady walking her child. And I guess the child was misbehaving, and she grabbed her child and scolded him and said, look, if you don't behave, the policemen are going to come and get you. <laughs> and, he, and he said, you know what? That's so wrong. Yeah. She just kind of implanted the, the, this thought that that policeman is yeah. a bad thing. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and that's kind of always been kind of, to some degree, the image of law enforcement. We're, we're out there to catch you doing something wrong, and then we're going to haul you off somewhere. But yeah, that's yeah. Not, that's not... That's not that's true. That's you do hear role. that. You do hear that from yeah. some parents where it's like, I'm going to call the cops or I'm going to I'm I'm take you to jail or something like that. And it's like, we're the bad guys. We're going to come in and ruin your life forever and lock you up in prison to you know, throw away the key. No. Yeah. You have to still view the angle of, yeah. of when you're when you're in need like that. It is also the people that you have to call, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. when when you're when you're in that moment where you're needing the most, you know, the most help, essentially. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you call 911. They're going to dispatch yeah. police. Yeah. So, and I'm not going to say that there aren't bad officers because there are, and then uh, some of them, you know, they do 
the testing for it is is very difficult mm-hmm. uh, because you know aside from the back there's background checks you got to do a written test there's a physical component in there you got to take the MMPI the psychological test in it there's a polygraph test in it so what you end up with is a very small percentage of the large pool of people that initially tested. Yeah. You know, now we're dealing with, there's just not a whole lot of people applying for law enforcement and it's had a really big impact on it. But, uh, and even then when you do all that screening, unlike any other, most other professions, you know, you get into a field that you're going to, you're constantly seeing bad things. No one's ever calling you to say, I just want you to come over and tell you, say, Hey, we're having a great day. Come and join us. No, it's always something bad. So you're, Every day is filled with something bad. And in my career, I spent 22 years of there on the SWAT team. So I got pulled out for every bad thing. Yeah. You know, I loved it. I love mm-hmm. the, because uh, it's kind of like a, there's a sport component in there that yep. I got to stay in time of, you know, my game, be in shape. But it was always catch bad guys. Catch yeah. bad. Be respectful of people. Even the bad guys, because at some point, they're going to get released. And I'm going to have to deal with them again. And he's going to remember my last contact with him. Yeah. And if it was bad, then it's going to be bad again or worse. And if it was good, you know, then it, it's paid out where they've, you know, they've worked with me. And, you know, we kind of resolved any issues or, or they complied and, and voluntarily allowed to be arrested and not barricade themselves or something. Yeah. You, you forget that. Um, I mean, just, just people in general, like when you come from a place of authority and you see it in, in particular with, with parents and their children, I mean, they'll get you get furious when you don't ask when, when what is asked of them they don't comply that yeah. compliance is the big yeah. thing and yeah. and so i can see that that's one of the the biggest disrespectful things you can do where it's like a, an officer gives an order much like myself i give an i give an order yeah. or you know a request to my kids and if they don't do it i'm like hey yo what's up but now you think about it it's amplified yeah. when it's such a dangerous situation um and i mean you're constantly dealing with um with people, you know, when you get called out to the serious, um, you know, incidents or you have a, a, a traffic stop that is really sketch. I mean, you're constantly just dealing with a people on the worst day of their, you know, the year, their life. Um, you're dealing with people that are constantly lying to you. Oh, I wasn't speeding or I wasn't this, no. you know, so you're constantly having to deal with, you know, people being shitty, yeah. you know, yeah. um, that, that is going to take a toll. Yeah. I mean, there's oh, going to yeah. be PTS yeah. and, and, and unfortunately all that kind of, you know, forms starts to form the mentality sure, that, yeah. that you can, that you can have and you have to maybe, uh, you yeah. know, inst- on top of staying it's, physically active, you have to. Yeah. Mentally mind, there's like yeah. a switch you got to turn off and on. God, when so you go home, you got to turn it off. That's so hard. And we, we, we expect, yeah. we expect you to be robots about it. We expect the, the yeah. enforcement to be robots yeah. about it, that they're yeah. not human. They can't have a bad yeah. day. They can't have that. Um, yeah. Theo, are the lights coming through on the window, on the, on the video? Um, that light? Can you see any of these? Yeah, you can see, uh, you can see three. The reflection on The reflection on there? Yeah, but just, just the little square. Yeah. Maybe we should put the blinds down for now. All right. <clears throat> just pull it down there. There you go, Caesar. To the left? Yeah, towards Chito. Yeah. It's heavy. Oh, there you go. It's dark outside anyways. There you go. It looks better. Hey, there we go. Man, those are heavy, man. (laughs) You didn't buy those at Ikea. (laughs) They were imported from uh, 
They're handmade. <laughs> They're handmade. Handmade. USA made. Um, yeah. So, so you you have to maintain mental fitness. I guess I would say. Yeah. And you kind of, you know what, the, you know, this is kind of. How, I'll tell you how we cope with things. Uh, not everybody, but as a whole, you know, in, in cop people think cops are very insensitive. You know, we may be at a, a, a crime scene where there's a, a dead body. Uh, and we and here in Yuma, we get a lot of them, either from uh, a lot of them are from uh, self-inflicted or, uh, you know, the elements here. We had a high uh, elderly population. That's and, true. And then we find out that, you know, they passed away and, you know, we, on a welfare check or so forth. But, but uh, you know, we joke about it. And people, you know, you know, they don't like that because they think we're being insensitive. But here's the reality. If, if it, every dead body call you went to, you let it get to you, yeah. you're not going to last. You won't. It is some of the things that you see. You, you can't replicate it even in movies, what you see. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's a bad, some of these things are really bad. Yeah. So you have to find an escape. And, and it's usually we crack jokes. Deep inside, it's a whole, there's a whole different emotion going yeah. on. And when you go home, there's a whole... You know, they come up in dreams, and I remember waking up one night looking at my pillow, and it looked like someone that I had just seen that had been dead for quite some time. Wow. So, I mean, it takes its toll, so we, we find ways to kind of cope with it. You have to. So you can last that career. Um, we're not, it's not being insensitive. It's no. just it's a coping mechanism. You have to. Well, and that's why, like, some... <laughs> The people that have some of like the twisted and darkest humor are people that have served, you know, people in in the first responders, you know, firefighters, EMT, right. nurses, doctors, you know, police. You have to start, you know, find, finding a way to, to cope with that. And that is usually, right. yeah. you know, um, trying to make each other laugh in that moment. Because, yeah. again, it's a serious moment. Well, yeah. It is. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. not that you're, like you said, it could be misinterpreted as you're taking making light of the situation. Yeah. But yeah. it's like... Yo, you gotta kind of yeah. use that to break the the ice attention. Yeah, and then coupled with that, so a lot of these officers, and uh, you know, I remember in college, I'm talking about that. When you become a cop, you know, make sure you've got other friends other than police officers. You oh know? yes, and uh, well, they didn't make sense to me. Well, of course, I'm going to keep my friends that I've had, but you end up, I end up, I ended up losing some of my friends, and because uh, you know, your whole your whole life is around the things that you see in your profession, mm-hmm. and there are things that nobody, you know, you can't tell stories of what happened with folks yeah. they're not going to get it they don't want to hear it they don't get it they so, don't hear it no references no. yeah so the ones that kind of understand you are your fellow officers and you end up hanging out with them and that's your little group so what do you guys you know we we still have fun yeah but we also we share and we talk about the things at work yeah some of it's kind of a a healing or a, a coping mechanism yeah but at the same time that becomes kind of all-consuming or 24 hours because that's all you're during work and with your friends that's who you're ta- what you're yeah, talking about it becomes an echo chamber much like yeah. the left-right politics yeah. and if all you listen yeah. to is left or right wing then that's that's what gets propagated and yeah. and it's harder for you to connect with yeah. other folks yeah. you know and i realized that i realized it more when i retired and it's it uh when i retired and i was looking for towards retirement I remember, like within the month of it retiring, I felt lost. I felt like my identity was gone. Yeah, I felt lost. My family was gone because it's it's a family. Oh yeah, and uh, I was lost. You know, and I I've since continued on, but even still now, I miss the the work. <clears throat> I miss helping people. You know, and I, I even currently I am in a profession that does that. But uh, it, it was just a great career. My my oldest son, he just started, so oh, he's, nice. he's a police officer up in Michigan. 
Okay. And uh, it's it's been great. Every week he calls me. Yeah. He, he had his first dead body this, uh, this week, and that was a unique experience for him, Ooh. and uh, we talked about it. But I remember last week he called me, and he says, hey, is this normal? I, uh, I'm on days off, and I miss my job. And I said, no. And I said, you know what? I, I, that happened to me. I remember my first year or second year, I took two weeks off, and I came back early. I never told anybody because no one's going to get that. I said, you get it. And I'm so excited you're in this profession. Worried, but I'm excited that finally someone will be in the job that I did and understand some of the things of why I did things, some of the things that I've said. And, and he goes, and he's, I'm slowly seeing it with him. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So um, it's very exciting. But now I'm a father to a child that's in a profession that, you know, it's a dangerous profession. So. Oh, for sure. So. Yeah, and well, that's that's awesome to hear. You know that he's he's excited to go to work and serve. That's my big thing right now. It's like I I I, I have a regular job. You know, I work yeah. at Guitar Center, and it's I I can't remember the last time I literally dreaded going into work. It's been yeah. at least five years. Yeah. So I'm in a good spot there. Like yeah. I'm in a routine. I'm in a flow. The people I work with, I love. I love to help people. You know, find music and find sure. a way oh, to yeah. express themselves. So um, that's that is that's awesome to hear that he is. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, he's that's all gun ho. Like yeah. that's that's. That's, that's what you want. Yeah. You want somebody excited to go into work because they're going to do better work. Yeah. And his first thing was like, you know what? This, it, it is. He, and now, this is my son that played pro ball. So he had a very lucrative, uh, uh, exciting career. Mm-hmm. And this was completely <clears throat> new other than the fact that I worked in it. But uh, now that he's in it, it, it he's, he said one of the things that he said that he, like his whole, uh, his energy, it's revived. He feels alive again. He goes, I'm, I'm part of something bigger. And mm-hmm. and he's on the, the right mindset. He goes, I'm out here helping people. Yeah. And uh, catching bad guys, putting them away. Even some of the bad guys, if I can help them reform and, and, and change them and yeah. just talk to them. Because uh, that's what it should be. Yeah, it's, it's all about that, yeah. Jail just becomes a timeout. And, and it's, and it, the, yeah. you know, they're working on, on ways to make it more of an actual rehabilitation because right. what do you do? You put somebody in timeout, you don't take the time to work on them and then you throw them back out into yeah. society and then yeah. you expect them to not, you know, what's, what's recidivism, yeah. I think is what yeah. it's referred to, you know, very high. yeah, you come in, out, in, out, and then there's those folks, yeah. there's that portion of the population that are going to rely on that. Like, yeah. You know, welfare, there is that small portion that is just going to rely on welfare. But the majority of people want to do better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I know when I retired from the PD, one of the jobs I, I, I took after retirement, I worked at a juvenile detention facility. Yeah. And I remember walking in and a little intimidated because I remember these are some of the kids that I dealt with out in the street. And when we, when I say kids, these aren't, these aren't the, ki- the kids that, uh, like my kids, these were kids that uh, had issues at home, mm-hmm. uh, been involved in uh, criminal uh, activity. Uh, I don't blame them. It just is the environment that they're probably in. Yeah. And um, and they had some issues, and uh, some of them were violent crimes. So, you know, I went, started working in detention as the, one of the shift commanders in there. And um, and these kids, uh, when they came in, very hardcore. Some of these kids, when I say kids, I mean, some of these kids were like 6'2", you know, 240 <laughs> pounds. I mean, these are still underage. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, after a period of time, you know, I started seeing these kids, even the little little uh, little gangbangers and everything. They they were children. Yeah, I didn't see that as a cop. Mm-hmm. They were just being little punks. Yeah. And then when I saw them here, when they were out of their uh, their attire, you know, and then they were wearing their their scrubs that they, they issued at detention, um, even the ones that misbehaved when they first came in, 
I made it a point that every day I would bring their meals. And that was not part of my role, but I wanted to interact with them and just kind of learn and talk to them. Went through a lot of training on adolescent development, how the brain develops throughout various parts of your life. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, gave me a whole different perspective on our youth. And a lot of these kids, these little thugs that, you know, Mm -hmm. they became kids. Yeah. And all of a sudden I went, oh my God, once they came in there, their days were structured. Mm -hmm. They had rules. And for the most part, they all complied. And I remember one kid left, and uh, and I, he, as he was walking out p- past my office, he said, "Mr. Foz, I'm out of here." I said, "Well, I hope you don't. I don't see you again." Yeah. And uh, about a month, yeah, probably less, he came back, and uh, he walked by my office. My door was open. He was cuffed. And he was going to the cell, and he stuck his head. He goes, "Mr. Foz, I'm back." He was happy. He was happy to be in detention. Have that structure. Have his three meals a day. Yeah. Have have us mentoring him. And I went. This is sad. This is. He was happy to be back in here. Yeah. And uh, he didn't have his freedom, but he felt safe. He had uh, some direction. He had our, our mentors, our, our detention officers. Um. And and he he was one example, but there was a lot of them like that. Yeah. And every now and then I run into him and they're Mr. Foss, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I said, I'm doing better. Um, so, and these are these, it was just sad seeing these kids that I dealt with as a police officer for a very short window. I tried to talk to them, but I can't spend the time with them that I did when I was in detention. Yeah. And detention, I had the time to get to know them a little bit more yep. and see the good side and, re- and then see that they were just kids. Yeah. And, and I think most people just yearn to be understood. Yeah. That's very it. Good. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's what, that's what most, most conflict comes from is that yeah. people don't feel like, they're being, you know, they feel like they're being misunderstood and miscategorized. And, you know, that has a big issue that, that, that causes people to react in ways that they normally wouldn't. Yeah. And you know what? They felt safe and they, they had, I think the big thing for them was they had structure. Yeah. You know, where, wherever they were at and whatever they went, they were kind of free to do what they wanted to do. And, and I think they, they needed that some rules and, yeah. and you would think, well, that's what they're always fighting against. But for whatever reason, once they came in here, yeah, it, even the ones that were really hardcore, one or two days, and they were, I remember I'd give them their meals, and the guys that acted up the first night, they'd look at me, Mr. Foz, how you doing? I said, pretty good. You know, and I, last time I had and talked with this kid, he was punching the walls, <laughs> and he and they would say, almost everyone would say, Mr. Foz, I just want to apologize for the other day, and I say, hey, that's that's in the past. Yeah. Now, let's go forward, and you know, I'm not happy that you're here. Yeah, but uh, let's make the best of it. We're going to talk and then see what we can do to kind of you know make sure you don't come back in here. We but, we just everybody just needs mentorship, and yeah, there's right. there's not you know when you come from a tough community where maybe you, your parents are working two or three jobs, yeah. you know you're barely making ends meet. You know you're going to hit the streets and you're going to yeah. find family in those streets and people right, that have your back. Right, right. Um, but yeah, you, we all need. Um, mentorship we need somebody yeah. to take us under their wing and show us the way yeah. and yeah what they were yearning for was literally direction yeah. and you know this is what you need to do here 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 and here it's like why couldn't those guys just like maybe get into the military or something yeah. you know go go, yeah. well, go you enlist know, yeah. you know that would give you all your regiments and a, and a lot of them do that you know that i know that one of the pro- programs that we had was trying to get, <clears throat> make sure they got their their ged mm-hmm. and i don't think they allow it now but uh, at the time uh, you, you, then we would work with them and maybe getting them to the military or in any other direction they felt they wanted to go to but we would work with them giving options and so forth so you know and the, the sad thing is as soon as they turn 18 
they're gone and they're on their own. They yeah. Can't, they can't come back. They, they can't. This is for some detention was like their home. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're on, you're on your own now. And uh, some succeeded and, uh, and some didn't. Yeah. yeah well, someone's going to use the tools that they learned yeah. and, and apply them. That, yeah. You know, you, you can listen and you can be fed all this information, but until you actually apply them. And again, maybe that comes from, you know, not having a proper mentor to let you know how to apply yeah. them, you yeah. know, because it's just information is information. And knowledge is, is worthless unless you know how to actually sure. apply yeah. it. Yeah. 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 That, that can be tough. Yeah. Well, and, then that, and, you know, as soon as you turn 18, nothing changes <laughs> except the fact that you're now classified as an adult. So yeah. there's no, like, all of a sudden, you act like you're, you're an switch. adult and you should know the rules. It's now. like Y2K. You yeah. know, people thought, yeah. I was like, no, you're not in 2000. It's going to be so much. And yeah. you wake up the next day and it's just like, oh. I still look like the same kid I was yesterday. <laughs> but I, you know. We're not floating. So, so I mean, they, they, it was just an unfortunate seeing some of these kids. Now they're adults. And, it's, you know, I, I can't say call me. Yeah. You know, the things that you like to say. But, uh, but anyways, but back to my law enforcement career, great career. Yeah. But I did love it. But I, you know, I was very, very lucky because I do, like I was telling you early on, I worked, uh, three years patrol. Then I worked three years in narcotics, worked undercover. Then I went into investigations, worked mm-hmm. in detectives, worked homicides and a number of other, um, investigative, uh, components in there and then, uh, promoted to a sergeant and then, and then eventually retired as a lieutenant, um, the fun was the fun was kind of gone from it. Mm-hmm. And people always ask, "What do you mean by fun?" I mean the, the fun going out there, interacting with the public, meeting with them. Yeah, because you were up here. Yeah, you're stuck in the office. And now you're. you're it's all politics. Yeah, it's bureaucracy uh, and politics. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, politics. A lot of politics. <laughs> but uh, and then my time was done. And actually, I remember uh, we had a we had a call out. It was a SWAT call out, and uh, it was toward the end of my career. And um, and it, my first. 10 years I was pretty much single pretty much single either you're either are you're not right? yeah, yeah yeah I was single so I was very naive and that was part of the beauty of me because at death it was just I could separate that yeah it's working I go home move on which is a good yeah um, but um, towards the end I was I had got married had children mm-hmm. and then when I would see children and, <sighs> and then I would relate it to my kids yeah and, and then we had a call out towards the end of my career and there was a um, what do we have? One, two, three, four. About five, six people that were killed in a house, but four of them were children. And uh, and I remember looking at them when we made our entry, and that one bugged me yeah. because these were innocent children. Their mother and uh, another gentleman was all involved in this. And the, the, the subject was eventually caught, but but I just remember to this day I still have snapshot images of the two little boys that the father dropped off and not knowing that there was something going on to, in this home. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm done. You know, it's, I'm just, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I just want to drive around Yuma and not look at every home and say, this is what happened here. This is what happened yeah. here. You know, Yuma, it, it's still here. I live in the same community where I, a lot of these homes I went to, and, and I remember, for the most part, bad stuff. So, but the good thing is I no longer get to the daily uh, recaps, what we call, of what happened the night before. So now I'm kind of somewhat a little bit oblivious to all that's going on here. Yeah. So it's you know what what, is, what do they say is ignorance? Ignorance is bliss. Yep. So yeah, that's 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 a little bit of like not yeah. not listening to the news, yeah. man. It's like yeah. hey, if it's if it's serious enough, it's gonna make your ear anyways. Yeah. You yeah. know, no need to really stay on top of it. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you're in that field, yeah. and unless it's some serious story that's having an effect on your you know your particular life, your career. Yeah. Um, yeah. it'll it'll find its way in. 
um, what was I going to say? Oh, so because our extreme close proximity to another country and another state, a state that has much stricter gun laws than ours, and, and I don't know their drug laws there, uh, I would assume we probably have stricter ones now. I mean, not back when you were serving, yeah. but um, what what was that like? Because um, I'm, I'm assuming you had to work with California and you had to work with, you know, Mexican, um, you know, federales or, you know, law enforcement down there. Yeah, what yeah, was that yeah. like? Well, you know, we have, there's a group that meets every month here, and it, uh, um, and, and, and we get author- the author- uh, the leadership from the different authorities in the Yuma uh, military, local, state, and federal, and Imperial County, which is right next door in California. So we've always worked together, meet frequently. So we're, there are not a whole lot of issues there now. Working with our our Mexican law enforcement counterparts is a whole different thing. Yeah, their law enforcement has has changed drastically over the years. There's different, so many federal groups. I know. I remember we, we would meet monthly with their groups, and um, just talk about border issues. Uh, but you know what? There's to some degree, there's some mistrust and there's some uncertainty on what to what information to exchange. Yeah. Uh, because uh, you know, I don't. We don't know. You know what information is going to leak out, and on the other side, yeah. it's just there's a security component there. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is that there's 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 um, corruption. Anybody can be corrupted, whether it's on our sure. side or their side. But yeah. it seems to be a lot more frequent down there because, you know, the way not the way of life, but just like, you know, this is this is America. It's a first world, uh, you know, yeah, country. Yeah. So I'm being very careful here, but yeah, it's a different culture yeah. down there. Yeah, things, yeah. Are, things are done. It's a different country. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah, it's almost like um, you know, like in sales, which I experience is like you, when, when you're dealing with a South a South Asian or a, you know East Asian um, clientele, yeah. they just they haggle, and it's just in their nature just to you know haggle to the last to you know even when they already paid for something, they're like, what else? What can I get free? Yeah. You know, it, it, so it's it's in the it's in the culture to to behave a certain way yeah, in, yeah. In, in certain environments. Well, not in, in, in not only the culture, but there's also a a, a, a a fear component in there because it's it's dangerous down there, and even more so recently, there's been several shootings down there. So even those lo- those in law enforcement down in Mexico live under that umbrella of constant fear of retaliation mm-hmm. or a harm to them, but not only them, their families. So, you know, sometimes we, you know, we're cautious about what we would exchange because not because they're corrupt, but because they're put in a position where they are forced to have to exchange or give information or it, we don't, <clears throat> it's the unknown, the uncertainties, but mm-hmm. things are a little bit different down there. They're running very, they're run very different. You know, we had a lot of, I had a lot of, uh, um, um, our Mexican law enforcement counterparts that I that I worked with that I uh, helped very helpful, I trusted very much. But they even then would tell me, "Hey, be careful who you talk to down here yeah. because uh, there's you know there's rumors that they're somehow tied in or leaking information with other groups in here that are." probably not very friendly so yeah and it's harder to keep keep them more accountable down there like if if something yeah. happens you know it's it's harder to catch and punish the the culprit it, oh. just the nature of it which brings us back to our community our our hispanic community and then we have hispanic communities but then we have our hispanic communities that are like from mexico that have a very strong mexican culture which is different there are two different it's a two different thing. I know we used to have Spanish speakers, and some were learned it in school. Yeah. spoke very well Spanish, but they didn't have a very strong understanding of the culture. Yeah. Um, 
but we would have our our our, our neighborhoods here that uh, because of their experiences in Mexico were very distrusting of us, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and that was a different kind of Hispanic community. They're from Mexico. They're um, yeah, they, uh, they they see that you you would abuse the the power that the uniform and the badge gives you. They saw how, how that was abused, correct? Yeah. And they kind of figured that would be the same here. Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of time, me and we, a couple of officers that were uh, of Mexican descent, reaching out to them and, and explaining here that you know we're here to help you guys. Yeah, because we would show up on calls, drive-by shootings, and as you probably would ex- probably already know or expect, some of these communities, especially those that just came from Mexico. Even local ones, they don't want to talk. Yeah, because they're fearful mm-hmm. of uh, is their name going to be in reports going to come out and they're going to retaliate, you know, and so forth. So yeah, we had to go out. A lot of it's education going out to these folks and t- explain to them. You know, I would go out and say, "This is my name. Here's my number. Call me if you don't want me to give you information. I will keep you completely out of it." Yeah, um, but it, to gain their trust and help. Yeah, I heard um, that um, that this new. I don't know where, which state passed it, but, um, or if it's a federal thing, I wouldn't imagine it's a federal thing. Um, but you know, people that were on like some hard drugs, um, and say, say you're, say me and you are doing some hard shit right now. Right. Um, say I OD and you can't, you won't call 911 because you're going to get arrested because you're on drugs. I heard that the, that there's a new initiative. I don't, I don't remember where, but where, they've made it to the point where so I have a chance to essentially be saved. Like they won't arrest the person that, that call that might also be, you know, complicit in our Correct, breaking yeah. of the yeah. law just so we can actually save a, uh, save a life. Um, so I, I thought, I thought that was neat, you know, yeah, just in yeah. the sense that maybe, sure. you know, if that person has that, that incident, that life changing event, I would imagine, you know, maybe that it helps them get their act together. Yeah. It might be, yeah. that's just, they're yeah. just a repeat, yeah. you know, drug abuser but i thought that was cool because that that allows somebody to make an attempt that wouldn't be there before whether that will change we'll (laughs) see i mean if it'll cause some people to call and we'll see they're still very distrusting Mm -hmm. so uh and then for sure yeah uh, i mean i'd be skeptical of that sure (laughs) okay and then on top of that being high and then you you forget all that like i'm out of here yeah um, um yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that changes. There's a there's a lot. I know I overheard that that they're trying to uh, federally uh, legalize marijuana now, and uh, mm-hmm. so you know people always ask me, "What are your thoughts on that?" And I say, "I really don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know." Well, you've seen everything has the potential to be abused, just sure. like alcohol, just like yeah. medical, um, you know, prescription drugs, all of that. Uh, I do believe, which is one thing that I, I think would also uh, uh, keep me from like I said, uh, joining, uh, the force or applying because I, I do believe that all drugs should be legalized and decriminalized and we should treat it as a, a medical, um, situation as and health situation, mental health, especially, um, as such as, uh, I think Portugal is a big country that had like a huge success with that, where the usage went down because ultimately people don't want to be on these drugs yeah. they want to better their lives and if you give them a a safe place a clean drug yeah. and then do what you were doing in the in the juvenile facility give them structure give them something to work towards yeah. they will come off 
for the most part yeah. and that's that's yeah. what portugal has has experienced and so that i do feel like that should be the case on top of i mean we're adults it's like how how, how like if it was just me and you yeah. in this world and you wanted to do cocaine why why would i say don't do cocaine yeah. like yeah. hey as long as you don't turn around and bash me and i guess yeah. that would be the only yeah. thing to worry about yeah. you know because that that is that is the other side is that that does um create this conflict but i think that's because it's illegal yeah. Yeah. the other thing that i would get into is that because it's illegal and it's such in high demand drugs are just in high demand that has helped to um propagate uh, or prop up the cartel like that's why it's so hot down in, in mexico and if we did legalize it legalize you know the drugs i do think that that would be a big blow to them what yeah. are your thoughts on that you know what uh i i can see that because i mean that's a big that's a big money for these guys yeah and uh um if you legalize it then uh their market is gone mm-hmm. so i i you know, I've given it some thought in the past, and you know what? I don't, I don't have one strong opinion on the other because I come from a whole different. Yeah, of course. I was still in my developmental age when, ages when I started the PD. Yeah. So I mean, my 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 thought process is adhere to the law. Yeah. So if if tomorrow they legalized it, then you're right. It, yeah. The, uh, an adult has the right to make a decision whether they use it or not, just like alcohol, but. As long as it's illegal, my thoughts are it, it should remain illegal. Yeah, but, it, it, that's uh, but, a good point yeah. for sure. So, that's my thought process. Um, would it? I don't know. If we legalize all drugs, would it uh, fix all our problems? I don't no. know. I don't know. No, because I think it's still it's still a it's still a society thing. Which it's it, nothing is black and white, and that's Correct, I, yeah. I can I can confidently say nothing is black and white. It's it's multiple shades of gray, and it's not yeah. like a light switch. Weed becomes legal, and all of a sudden, uh, yeah, because sure. I, I think one thing that's been been popular in uh, in 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 California is that the cartels coming up, taking over these um, uh, grow operations there, and the issue is now that it's legal in California, it's no longer. Um, a felony to be caught there it's it's only a misdemeanor or something like that yeah, so they're yeah. actually because it's legalized in california they actually get reprimanded less because it, so that yeah, is one of the downsides yeah. of it being legalized like like it is in california yeah. so nothing is black and white no no well i know in arizona there are places where uh, counties that uh even though it's a felony per state statute uh some of the the uh, counties have the authority, and it's statutorily in place that where they can reduce the penalty for that or and make it a misdemeanor. Uh-huh. And a lot of them do do that, and they reduce it down if you have less than so much weight, and you not don't have any indication of sales or anything like that. Then even though it's a felony, we're going to treat it as a misdemeanor because there's so much of it. It's so yeah. saturated, and the courts are just inundated, and the prison system is just. You know, they're they're filled capacity for drug charges. I mean, they're there's no victim per se. The state's the victim. Yeah. So they're being, it's exhausting on our resources, on our financial uh, resources throughout the state. So for a nonviolent act. For a nonviolent act. So yeah. So I know a lot of the counties treat it as a misdemeanor. They give you a ticket, off you go. Although it's still a felony, because it's it's. The reality is that we got it's a felony. There's there's a, a penalties for having it, and it's it's still out there. Yeah, and uh, it's big business, and uh, it hasn't stopped it. So, 
So yeah, I mean, there's a demand. Yeah, and that that that's just the, you know, the lean the lean of it. I guess I don't yeah. know. The you fear know. of arrest and uh, incarceration hasn't <laughs> done not, anything. It hasn't stopped anything. No, no that does so, it. It so does. Maybe it. there's maybe there is some tooth to maybe legalize it. Maybe that'll. Uh, I mean that'll uh, stop the. It's, uh, that, it's a different. We have to take a different approach at this point. Yeah, I yeah. I think you know it's it's we've tried it so long on that punishment side. It's like that negative yeah. reinforcement or positive. What yeah. what works? You know yeah. what works best, and it does depend on the individual. But for the most part, I think the positive reinforcement is, is the way to go. Um, so again, it's it's in my opinion, legalize it, regulate it, open up centers that were before detention centers to be actual rehabilitation yeah. centers. This is going to take a massive overhaul. You know, we're going to have to get the best minds in there. Uh, I'll definitely call on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I'll, I'll, I'll I say that maybe they say this maybe jokingly. You know, if they, you know, that was my, I always think that uh, there's, there's a cure for cancer out there. They just don't want to bring it up because if they cured cancer tomorrow. It would be catastrophic to the pharmaceuticals yep. and uh, some some of these clinics and physicians that specialize just on cancer. Yeah, they what would they do? Yep. So, if you reduce crime, you know, <laughs> crime is good business for people in law enforcement. In law enforcement detention centers, oh, yes, yeah. there's jobs that create. It so is if a job. You, you legalize all drugs. I mean, we have a federal unit called uh, Drug Enforcement Agency. So now. Uh, that's a big chunk of what they do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure they could, but reality is that's it's big business. Yeah, you'd have to on it, our side, on the law enforcement. It's side. just like anything else. It's like if we're going to move away from coal, we need to subsidize the people that are losing those jobs. Because again, what's going to happen if they got nothing to fall back on? They're going to turn to crime. So you, as yeah. as a society, yeah. we have to support the those folks when we completely change an industry like that to help them relearn you know re-navigate and find a new career path because there's going to be new jobs like i said if you if you legalize it they they could turn to rehab centers mental health um finding you know more 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 opportunities to find other jobs i mean a a job will come up um you know it's like the industrial revolution it's like when the machine came through yeah it it put out lots of people work but now you got you need people to you know build the machines you need people to maintain them you need the service all of that stuff so there are jobs that will be created um but yeah yeah, that's definitely a good point you can't just like boom you know this is this is the way it is now and everything's you know far more complicated there's consequences even for some of the change can impact a whole lot so Mm -hmm. maybe that's why you know Things haven't gone in that direction. There's, yeah. there's, there's thought in it right now. They're trying to figure out what are the change. How is it going to impact? We can see the potential for a good. Yep. Because you were talking about you know, Portugal. Yeah. And but, I mean, there could be some other consequences from. Uh, from yeah, the, the job so, thing is a big thing because again, you're it's it's almost like when you retired, you lost your identity. Yeah. Because your yeah. your career, oh, yeah. especially when you're in it for that long, that is yeah. your identity. So you know when you lose that and and then you're not helping these people out. They're gonna, they're gonna yeah. become depressed. They're gonna yeah. abuse whatever they're gonna abuse to get by, and then you know to get by they're gonna turn to you know crime. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to make a point right there, right there, right there. Where was it? It'll come back to me. Oh, put your point in my glasses. No, 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 no. There was a point that I wanted to make in in that moment about drugs legalizing gone. it, and then uh, cancer and uh, cancer. Boom. So yeah, conspiracy theory, right? It's, it's they don't want to they don't want to put out the cure for cancer because then 
the pharmaceutical uh, company. So is that yeah. almost naive? It's almost like the chemtrail guys, right? The chemtrails, like, oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're throwing drugs into the atmosphere. But it's like you, you realize that that's falling on whoever's putting it out. It, it falls it, all yes. over. So <laughs> you can't, t- and I would like to maybe do somebody to do a deep dive investigation on this, but there has to be people in the pharmaceutical, um, maybe higher ups or whoever's making these decisions cancer doesn't discriminate it doesn't just no you know go away so either they are getting this secret help or there there isn't a cure because they're put, they're putting their own family yeah. potentially in, sure. in risk yeah. if their yeah. cure is not out there so are they is it profits over family at this point that, that that's that's kind of like my strike on that there is a cure out there and they're yeah. just not providing it because they have family that has to be affected whether it's their immediate family or you know in-laws or extended family there's going to be somebody in their lives that is affected by it you know and there's so much uh you know i can't get on youtube without finding information there is a cure so even if there was one and and there are only a very elite group that are benefiting (laughs) from it you were not going to know there's so much you know smoke out there on conspiracies and everything that like i don't watch the news anymore because it's just i don't know what to believe on it so yeah, you know, I, I, can, I look at YouTube. I mean, that has as much worth to me as the news now because I don't know what is the truth. Yeah, well, as long as they're um, citing their work, yeah, like people talk crap about Wikipedia, but Wikipedia at the at the bottom, you can follow those links and find sure. out where oh, they yeah. got it, and then you know decipher on whether you're going to believe yeah. that or not. Just like Snopes, and a lot of people on the right will talk crap about Snopes, but they're citing it down there. Yeah. Just don't read the headline. That's yeah. what, that's all people are doing. They want that quick bite. Oh, yeah. I read the headline. Yeah. I disagree with that, and it's yeah. like no, read the story and do come at it from. Uh, what, what what do they have to benefit? You know, that's yeah. why I think that is why you're not watching the news, right? Because it's like, what are they benefiting by giving me this certain information? Yeah. What are they withholding? And you'll you'll see that. Yeah. You'll see yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I mean, turn on, you know, MSNBC and Fox News and it's a totally two different narratives yeah, for the same story. Different. Yeah. 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 What, what happened to objectivity? I, but ooh. I just look at YouTube now. The truth is in YouTube. That's it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a lot more grassroots. I mean, like this, you know, it's just like I'm just putting it up there. I'm putting it out raw. I'm not editing much. I'm just cleaning up the audio, trimming the fat, and then being the end. Here you go. You know, this is it. Yeah, take it for what it's worth. And this is, yeah, all right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. there was another point I needed to make there. Why am I forgetting these points? I think it was the energy drink, man. It just it's got me like... Or the age, because I know that one. 31? Oh, well, maybe not. We're close. Organ failure, not organ failure, but diminishment starts at about 30 is what I've heard. And I experienced that. You know, my back is hurting. But it's very gradual, very gradual. Yeah, I just got to continue doing yoga. Yeah, that'll do it. Yoga, eating healthy. A little bit of Jack and... Uh, a was little like, bit, a little that, too much. That always, always kind of gets the mind going. <laughs> Brings out your creativity side. What was that point I wanted to make? I hate myself right now. We're talking about cancer, and then we it was. About, I think it was had to do with the news. Uh, I don't watch the news because you know I don't know what to believe, and I don't want people uh, to listen to me trying to remember a thought. <laughs> so um so how did you pass the time i mean you you, you worked a serious career um yeah. you served well let's talk about that you served detail um so you, you anytime um a high profile person whether it was an actor yeah. or uh somebody from dc was in town so who did you serve detail with yeah. you know I, because of the i was on the tactical unit 
uh, which is like a, it's a SWAT team. Yeah. Um, you know, we get all the uh, high risk call outs, but also the special details. Like, uh, we're close to the border. We had several presidential visits. Mm-hmm. So our job, we had, you know, we would work with the uh, Secret Service and some of the locals, and you know, we'd get it specific duties assigned. Ours usually was like when the president lands. You know, there's a whole lot that happens in the uh, behind the screens. Like we had to clear acres and acres of citrus, and that was like manually going in there, and you know, probing and looking through the trees and uh, getting sp- stickers all over you. But just making clear, sure nobody's clear, hiding in that clear, tree. Yeah, and our, our the unit here is very well equipped and very well trained. Yeah, um, and and no one they don't know much about it like most tactical teams and most departments because they're kind of like a. You know, they come and do their business, and they don't do the investigator part. They come and do make the place secure and safe, and then they immediately leave, mm-hmm. and then they're done. Uh, but uh, had uh, Jimmy Carter come down here, Bush a couple times. Uh, junior? Uh, junior. Yeah. Uh, we had, excuse me, we had uh, some movies that were made out here. Uh-huh. I remember uh did security for, like, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. I get in trouble with that. <laughs> uh, Kim Basinger, uh, The Getaway, they did. Look at the getaway. Yeah. Um, so we, I mean, those were uh, long processes. We were sitting there and um, get up on that mic, baby. Stick, you know, we just stuck around. Pull with it them. towards you. You want to lean back? I know, I'm starting to lean back and go. You're oh. starting to relax. The jack is starting yeah, to kick just, in. Here. Just go like this. Look, just grab that motherfucker and go like this. I don't want that. It's all right. It's all right. But uh, you know, stuff like that. You know, it was it's, it was it was good stuff. It was fun. Yeah. Now we're we were in the uh, background. You know, you didn't yeah. see us. Yeah, but uh, it was fun. In fact, yeah. the, the sad thing is we didn't get to see a lot of these uh, di- dignitaries because we were we were in the background. But our role was nonetheless very important. Of course, um, yeah, you got to make sure that the the path. It's I mean, come on, there's that that infamous you know oh, Kennedy yeah. assassination, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. like, oh, we would go. I tell you, we would get uh, detailed maps. You know, and, and now we have Google Earth, so. Yeah, you know we could measure distances, sniper shots. Here's the path to take. Here's the threat areas. We could lay out maps and show where we're going to have people. We can assign geographical areas for different units. Uh, we can respond. Here's the path to take. You know the t- technology now makes it so much easier for us to kind of uh, come up with plans and be prepared. And yeah. you know, and, and it, it, you know, we when when Bush came down last time, um, you know, his when he landed, our role was to meet him. And his entourage and the Secret Service guys, and then kind of make sure they came out safely yeah. in a safe environment. And then our, our other role was if something happened between here and, and the border, then we were the uh, primary response unit to respond and uh, you know pull him up, pull him out of that threat area. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, and it, it happened quick. But the time spent for planning and the paperwork generated to get that going was days of it yeah for just a few hours of in and out yep. that's it and it was exhausting yeah i mean we would be there i mean i remember being there the night before till midnight or two o'clock in the morning taking night shots checking the areas watching and then being back early in the morning way <laughs> before they land and then get everything set up and so forth uh you know but all our guys loved it they were t- type a personalities mm-hmm. this is adrenaline junkies yeah and and that you need those people. Yep. Yep. You know, one of, it's funny because I one of the things I teach in my current job is an active shooter, and um, I used to teach that for first responders, for police officers or tactical operators. Uh, but now, now I'm teaching um, our civilian population. 
and it's very different. I had to kind of wrap my mind around that because they think different. Yeah. And, and I, I jokingly say when I hear shots fired, there's a little bit of a, a, an excitement, a little bit of depth, yeah, and I yep. want to run towards it. Yep. And it, normal people don't think like that. <laughs> and yeah. uh, now I'm dealing with a, uh, a population of folks that uh, probably never shot a gun, some never heard a gunshot. Mm-hmm. Now you must just one in a building and multiple shots. Yeah. And we're, I'm trying to, I, I ended up focusing, focusing more on the psychology of getting them just to do something. So we do a little role playing and yeah. scenarios, and some of them freeze on me. Yeah, yeah, fight so, or flight. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's or freeze. Or freeze. Yeah, uh, that's the other one, right? And um, and that's what they're doing. And so we're trying to. I have to, you know, twenty four years in law enforcement. I still I'm still in, in to some degree in it. Yep. But my mind thinks very different. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's, I'm dealing with that now, and I'm trying to. It's kind of neat looking at my pe- people that I teach. It's like, oh, you guys think. You guys are normal thinkers. I'm, I realize now I'm thinking a little weird. I shouldn't be getting excited when I hear shots fired and want to run to it. Yeah. Um, so but that just gives you an opportunity to, you know, to help. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. And and that's that's been my whole life. I love helping people. Yeah. I, I not not because I want any fame or I'm definitely not going to get fortune, but definitely want no fame. And I've had I remember receiving some awards and we get these medals and. Uh, not wanting to go there because I just was embarrassed by the whole thing. Yeah. My reward was just, and it sounds corny again, yeah. was the job. Uh, you know, I, I remember I, uh, when I get a life, my first life-saving award is uh, I had about um, eight people that were in an apartment that caught on fire and they didn't know it was on fire. I happened to come up on it. Yeah. And, um, and I got everybody out of there. You know, I was doing my job. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. But ended up getting an award, and I did not want to go to the awards banquet for this thing because I felt... Well, hopefully the missus forced you. Uh, the uh, administration forced me <laughs> because I was I was doing my job. I said, yeah. why am I getting an award for doing the... My reward is every two weeks I get a paycheck. And mm-hmm. that's, that, that's my reward. Yeah. But I, I, why am I getting an award for something that I actually had fun in? This is... I did it because I loved it. Yeah, it was just fun. Rush. And there's really nothing that was very dramatic about it. I just got lucky, came up on a, a fire in an apartment complex, right place at the right time. But uh, yeah, um, a- any um, any incidents that were like just drew you closer to the victims or the people involved that maybe you still have a connection with? Yeah, that's a good question. Now we had a. Um, 1993, November 9th, 1993. I still remember the case number, 93-13365. But uh, there was a, a, a vehicle found out in the freeway, and it was abandoned, and the Howard Patrol came in. They tagged it. And after uh, so many, uh, after about three days, they had it impounded. Uh-huh. Um, and at the time, I was uh, worked homicides, and I had just was coming back from from uh, Tucson from a autopsy. And... Um, I got called to a vehicle that was a impounded vehicle, and they found a body in the trunk of the car. But uh, in any event, th- there was a body in there, and 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 the way they, in Arizona, the way that the, the uh, laws are is that uh, the, let me back up. The kid the kid lived in uh, Tucson. Okay. So had no affiliation with Yuma other than the fact the body was here. Yeah. And it was on the freeway initially. So, but the. It's a and it was a homicide, but the investigation originates wherever the body's at until you can determine where the where the, uh, the, the crime occurred. Crime, yeah. So it was mine. So uh, it was a very involved 
complex investigation because it involved here, involved uh, Tucson, involved Tulare, L.A., and Las Vegas, a lot of traveling, a lot of different players, and they were uh, gang members, and uh, it was over a drug deal. And, it, and, and I was going into areas that I'm not familiar with, the different towns, and uh, I got real close with this was the family of the victim, and yeah. it was their only kid who uh, was going to college. Yeah. And, and all they knew was this kid, first kid, first generation Hispanic family going to college. Yep. But unbeknownst to them, he had a double life. He had an apartment had an apartment elsewhere, um, and he was selling a kilo amounts of drugs. Damn. Coke, coke. Yeah. And bad drug deal from some bad people out of L.A. Yep. And, uh, and they, they, they killed him. Nah. And they took his car, and they left him out here. But I got real close to the, the parents. Uh, and I, I, I wasn't that much older than their son. Uh, yeah, they had just lost. 93, yeah. And I I felt horrible for them. I, I, when I would look at them, I would see my parents, yeah. Hispanic fa- uh, family, and uh, we connected, and I was, you know, I was bent on f- finding these guys, and uh, I did. And for years, every Christmas, they would send me cards. Yeah, and almost like they took, like they took. I stepped in and took the role of their kid. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and it, it, it broke my heart because they lost their only kid. Mm-hmm. They didn't know the dark side of what he was involved with. Yeah, and, and frankly, I don't think they cared. I wouldn't care. No, it's, it's your kid, kid. At the end of the day, yeah. So it was very sad. Only child, and uh, so we kept. We would keep in contact for years. Yeah. And just how you doing and that kind of thing. Just. It was kind of nice. Yeah, and it was um, nice, I guess, that, that they could see that you were still, you know, in law enforcement because it's it's a yeah. it's a stressful job and it's a dangerous job. I mean, yeah. it could have yeah. gone sideways, you know, yeah. multiple times. Yeah, and there's been other times, and and those are the sadly there aren't a whole lot of thank yous. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember another time that there, when I worked in narcotics, we we were doing watching these guys at a hotel, and uh, long story short, we uh, came in through the front door. And one of the kids ran into the back bathroom, and he grabbed a, a bindle of, of meth and s- swallowed it. Uh, he panicked. Well, it, you know, it, it caused him to go into a full seizure. And uh, I remember trying to pull him out of the bathroom, and I, and I couldn't get him to bend so I could get through the door. So I had to kind of pull, pull him out a long ways. Yeah. And he was, he was trying to come out of the seizure, and he looked up at me, and he goes, the police, the cops are coming, the cops are coming. And he's handing me stuff out of his pocket. <laughs> oh, wow. And... Uh, he got arrested. Turns out his father was a federal agent. Oh. But um, some time passed, and uh, probably years. And I remember my uh, my first son, he was, uh, there was a parent-teacher conference at one mm-hmm. of the schools. And I walked in, and and this guy comes up, and he goes, uh, Officer Foz? I said, yeah. And when I hear that, it's like, what? And I turned around and looked at him, and he goes, I just want to thank you. And I said, you know what? I don't remember you. And he, he, and he brought me back to that time, and I said, he was that kid that swallowed that dope. He said, my life was shit, and it was going down a very bad path. Yeah. And he goes, if he hadn't shown up that day, had not been arrested and gone to jail and gone through that legal system, I'd probably be dead. But that completely changed my life. This is my wife. These are my kids. Wow. And I went, wow. Same thing. And that, uh, he goes, I just want to thank you. If he hadn't come into my life at that moment, mm-hmm. I said, I don't, he said, I don't know where I would, I'd be right now, but I definitely wouldn't be with these people here that I love very much. And I went, wow, you know, thank you. I'm, I'm very proud of you. Uh, I, I would have never known. Yeah. That, that, 
But those were the few moments where you kind of went, you know what, that made my whole career <clears throat> worth it. You know, I made an impact. Those were my re- rewards. Those were mm-hmm. my medals mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I helped somebody. And uh, even now when I talk about it, I kind of get kind of a little choked up because I can Heck see their yeah. face. Yeah. And he was very thankful. And I was like, oh, my God. That's a that's, serious situation, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. That's, that's life and death right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's going to burn a hole, sure. you know, yeah. in your psyche. Those were the those were the great moments. Yeah. So I mean, and and that's why I've stayed in the profession of helping people because there's no greater reward for me than knowing that I helped somebody change their life for the better. Mm-hmm. The guys that I work with now, we do security, and uh, I told them, you know what, there's no greater honor than people entrusting you to take care of them. Yeah. You know what, they trust you, and their families trust us to let them go to work and go home. And if evil should come here that we're going to be the front runners, that we're going to be at the very front, protecting them. These are our family. Yeah. These aren't just people. These are our family. And that's how I've always taken that role. I joke, you know, I, the, the, I would, I'd hate to see myself get old and die. <laughs> There's a little bit of honor dying, helping people. Because uh, you get remembered that way. And, that, and that, not, not to be, you know, that's just kind of a status thing, but no, that's just, that's how strongly I feel about the job that I do. I just, that's just the rewards from that are great. Yeah. Uh, no. Awesome, man. It's, that's really good points. Um, let's see. I think uh, my Theo needs to get in here, man. Um, oh, and then I got my buddy here. Trust who, me, I'm, I'm fine. You're good? I'm good. Okay. Well, because I, I mean, I can do this for 12 hours. So. Do it for 12 hours. Trust me. He's way more. He's way more. <laughs> and my copa here is the one that always comes and bails my ass out, though. Like, hey. I'm like sick as a dog. <laughs> All right. Well, let's I'm, this is great. I'm, trust me, he's he's way more important than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. I mean, I don't know how many times I've called him like at midnight. Go, Bob. I'm the horse's leg on the ground. What do I do? Yeah, but, I'll be right over. Yeah. An hour later, fucking horse is back. Son of a bitch, horse. Again. So you, you have horses as well, or, or a, a horse? All right. well, I've had up to yeah. five, five horses, maybe. and uh, Three dogs. Fuck. I tell you what, uh, I'm never, um, this guy right here is best friend here. He's been to save my ass. I don't know how many, many times my dogs. I don't, he's performed more surgery on my animals than, uh, <laughs> in fuck, in my kitchen floor. And the, he's had, he's had my arm elbow deep in a horse's butt <laughs> checking, uh, <laughs> organs. But, and I've, yeah. I, I I used to go out with them every now and then. Uh, yeah. Watch a horse or a cow get castrated. Oh my god, that was worse than anything I saw as a, a cop. <laughs> Somebody watching them boys go uh, back. Bye bye. Watching a poor, uh, you know, he's still a guy. A horse <laughs> or a, a, a cow. It's or, or a bull. It's still the there. Cow. It's all a dude. And the whole plan was we were gonna take the testicles home and eat them. Yeah, yeah, that was a plan. That yeah. was a plan. Yeah, I love testicles. Uh, it was all good until he pulled it out and he did this crunch, and this dog started chewing on it, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, it's um, it's just like liver. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, that's what it tastes like. It's it, liver. Th- when the dog bit into it, it looked like he was biting into it. It was rubbery, and uh, well, yeah, you got to cook it. You got to you got to uh, fry it up, boil it, for, <laughs> and then disco. Yes, obviously. You know, I think if I hadn't seen it. And then the whole thing, and Mario's kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, he's yeah. just he's looking away and, and you know, doing slide a hand, thing, like no big deal, and mm-hmm. toss this poor guy, animal's manhood gone down the drain. A dog's eating it, 
And I'm sitting there looking at that going, oh, my God, this is, this is re like reality. This is a, oh. And that Cap stands up, and he is a, no longer a he. He's a, mm -hmm. a he's, eunuch. The, he's the other now. Yeah, and, uh, a eunuch. Yeah, eunuch. So. <laughs> Did you ever patrol on a horse? Never. No? No, no. no. In fact, uh, I never rode a horse until I came out here. And uh, In fact, my first horse was Mario. He brought me a horse. Oh, yeah? No. Yep. Brought me a horse I, as a gift. Actually, my... Dana, my girlfriend, well, the other cause of that deal. <laughs> Which part? The, uh, the, the horse? The castration? Oh, she's here. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, uh, there you go. Yeah, we pushed her to go, hey, go meet Mario. And I was like, don't <laughs> now fuck it up with us. He's a vet. He's got, a, I need him in my life. Don't fuck it up, Dana. <laughs> now so, you got the in all the time. So yeah, now, we're, now we're real good friends. Um, so. I guess let's get to some questions on how um, uh, etiquette. So yeah. traffic stop etiquettes, I guess. Yep. So um, usually what I'll do is if I get pulled over, I'll roll down the windows. Yeah. And if it's at night, I'll turn on the lights. Yeah. Is that good or bad? Oh, that's perfect. perfect. Hands cool. on the steering wheel and uh, yep. so forth. But also remember there are, are depends on who pulls you over to. Mm -hmm. And again, let's go down, back that's down true. to the grassroots here. It's not... It's it, the cops are each person is very different. Yeah, they're human. I was a cop, and I worked with some of these guys, and some of them were assholes. Yeah, and, uh, and that's just like in any profession, they're still people. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the guys are real good. You know, my thing was when I stopped somebody, my philosophy was they're not getting a ticket. They're mm -hmm. not getting a ticket unless they earned it. Yeah. Okay. Um, otherwise, I'm not giving them a ticket. Now, if if, if I had been a traffic officer. They're, they're, they're they don't have a quota per se, but that's how they show if they're being productive in their job. That they do traffic enforcement. Yeah, and they yeah. show up and they don't give tickets, and that's a different thing. Yeah, that's true. So they, they, then they get you know consequence. That's their job. Um, so they're different, but um, you know, and I would pull people over, and then you know, first thing is they, they'll always ask, "Why am I being stopped?" Mm -hmm. generally you're, you're, I'm not going to tell you because as soon as I tell you then I don't want to get into a discussion debate or argument with you yeah. and I don't have the paperwork that I need so I will ask you and before I explain that I need your driver's license insurance and registration and you, and you got to remember that the reason why I stopped you because I developed probable cause there's, yep. you come, there's a violation so I'm lawfully doing that I know there's a lot of videos of these auditors at, uh, at the checkpoints and uh, when they get pulled over what they can and cannot do mm -hmm. you know I don't I, I, I agree with him to some degree, but yeah. at some point, you know what? Just just comply. You know, and if, if you got a problem with them, call for a supervisor. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, as a supervisor, I will tell you that um, you know we already know which officers are can be complicated and, and lack some political correctness or some tact. Yeah, and that it's helpful for me as a supervisor to hear that mm -hmm. because I may already have some other baggage on this officer, and, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll, I'll fix it. Yeah, you have to correct. I, or I may say thank you. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, but uh, and and that's such a good point. And they, they may not know that, mm -hmm. but and we may not know it because they never call. They they get an argument with the officer, and then yeah. all of a sudden they make it easy for the officer to use whatever they need to do after that. Yeah, and then it gets it gets dirty and nasty, and then uh, it doesn't help. That's not true. If you if you don't if you don't um, voice you know the issues, know. then and it, it never comes to light, and yeah. then they just they they can continue behaving poorly i will tell you that through my career and even my current career um yeah i have very zero tolerance as, as most of the supervisors i worked with for bad behavior 
you know, we most of the guys that promote because they've done well and they're they're good with dealing with people. Mm-hmm. But and the people that work underneath them represent them, their leadership style. And but if they're not told, and they may already know this guy is a problem, but I need something. Yeah. So call yeah, yeah. for a super comply. Call for a supervisor. <clears throat> but like again, back to what you were asking me. Yeah, those things are. Uh, put your hands out there. It makes it much easier because we're always we're trained to like prepare for the worst. Yeah, of course. Be, be planned for the worst. Yeah. Because you can, if you go up there and, and go, oh, these are good people. They're going to hurt me. And something suddenly comes out like a gun, and you're not prepared for it. You're going to be a victim. And I, it's it's it, at the end of the day, it's a job for me. I get mm-hmm. to check every two weeks. I have a family I got to take care of. Yep. And I, I don't want to die, and uh, so I'm going to take some precautions. So. It may sound like I'm being an asshole, but I'm not. I'm no. just doing things that you know we're taught a dialogue, um, so it's consistent with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and there are things that we need. And once we get that information, like a driver's license, insurance, registration, which we should have all three of them, then I usually will explain what happened. But my thing is, I'm not going to give you a ticket. You know, I'll give you a warning because to me, it. it that's enough. Getting pulled over is kind of a scary deal to begin with. Come, have an officer come and talk to you. Yeah. Uh, can we give that paperwork? Can you tell me why you pulled me over? Uh, let me have that paperwork first. That even adds a little bit more like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And generally, that to me, that that's enough. They've learned their lesson. Yeah. But I remember I stopped two businessmen, and they were from San Diego. Pulled them over. They made an illegal turn in front of me, very blatant in front of me. <laughs> to me, it was like, are you kidding me? You right me no in front choice. of me. Yeah. <laughs> you did it like right in front of me. And uh, pulled him over, and, and again, my intent was not to give him a ticket. I hate writing tickets. And uh, it's all this extra paperwork. It's more paperwork. Ugh, you know. Yeah. But I run your name. I run your uh, vehicle. Make sure everything's current. Nothing's expired. You don't have any suspensions or warrants or anything. Yep. And if you're good, all right. But the guy came out and he asked me, "Why'd you pull me over?" And I said, "Well, let me. Exp- I'll explain just if I can have that paperwork, please." I'm very polite, and if I'm polite, I, I kind of you know help diffuse anything. Yep. I don't want to aggravate things and by the time I got the paperwork and I told him why I pulled him over he came back and said well the reason why we made that turn is we, we were going to our favorite donut shop <laughs> with sarcasm and he, he was in a suit and and I went you know what that was not that was not cool yeah you earned yourself a ticket yeah and ironic I gave him a ticket very professional give him the ticket and then when I, by the time I got back to the station I had a complaint on me that was being rude yeah uh, and I, I went you're kidding me you know I I, no, but uh, for the most part, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I didn't give tickets. You know, I did. I'd, I'd rather deal with the uh, the guy that's beating up his uh, wife, or uh, mm-hmm. some guy that's bullying some you know some younger kid at a school or something, or uh, you know, bad people. Be bad people that probably need to be put away and 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 uh, taken off the street and stuff like that. Those are you know, you know, that's that's what I was looking for. Not yeah, a civil traffic violation. Mm-hmm. You know, unless I wanted to get in the vehicle and I suspected there was something more in there. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and some some officer will pull you because they, 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 they profile, mm-hmm. which is perfectly legal. Not Racial profiling is a different thing. Yeah. But profiling is correct. And they'll pull you over. They find a violation. They find the probable cause. It's completely legal. But they're trying to make sure that there's nothing else going on in there. Yeah. Whether it be human trafficking or drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they find nothing. All right. Here's your paperwork. And off you go. But... If you start trying to argue and, and exercise your armchair lawyer, yes, yeah. and then that's when they're like, you know what, you made this very difficult, and all I'm doing is a job that I've been I'm, I'm, I've been entrusted with, I've been hired to do. Mm-hmm. This is my job. Yeah, I got to do this. I, I mean, the, the 
what you're asking me is just turn around and let you go, and I'm all out of here. But um, it's not to say that every stop is probably, I mean, I, I can't give you an example, but, you know, there, again, there, there are some cops that do abuse that. That's, but, again, I hate to say cops. There are people yeah. that uh, will abuse that. Yeah. And for the most part, they don't, they don't, they don't last in that career. Mm-hmm. Because we get, if we get enough complaints, yeah, and then then we you see a you see a, a pattern. We weed them out. Yeah, they go out. They get, they they move on to something else. Mm-hmm. They become doctors or radio hosts or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just fucking with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> radio show, huh? <laughs> um, what yeah. is something that you would like to something? I mean, you made some really really great points, but just something um, something else that maybe you could. Um, leave the listeners with for the next time they interact with with you know an officer um you know what just to kind of uh, ease whatever tension might be there that's a tough question because you know what because uh, there's a lot of answers you give depending on the circumstances but uh yeah you know I, I think right now the big problem is that the media has really put a lot i mean i get every time i get on facebook there's something about law enforcement something bad and there's the other side this is a good thing that happened it's not being publicized in media mm-hmm. where law enforcement is on the focal point right now and they're it's hurting law enforcement in the aspect that some of the better office people folks that would probably been would have made great cops they're not going into that field anymore yeah yeah i mean there's some agencies that are looking at um trying to uh ease up on some of the disqualifiers like prior drug use or yeah. criminal stuff and those those things those disqualifiers were there in place because they want the cream of the crop. They want the people that are going to treat the people, serve the people that they work for. Mm-hmm. But they're they're not they're not getting into this field anymore. They're looking elsewhere. Why get into a field that's, you know, you either going to get front page of the paper, thankless, or there's going to be a riot in your community. There's going to be a, a civil consequences, criminal consequences. People are going to criticize you. Now they got webcams, so everybody's going to, you know. Uh, you know, they're going to be a backseat driver on everything that you do. I mean, that I didn't have cams, mm-hmm. or body cams on there. Now everybody is going to criticize and just take the snippets out of take what they the want. Take the snippets. That's exactly what it is. Because any any hot topic, any hot video you see out there, all you see is the point where the the person was pushed to that yeah. point where it, it got excessive. Sure. Oh yeah. But what's the lead up to that? You, you oh a, you you conveniently trim all that out yeah. of it. There's a yeah. whole totality of the whole picture of what happened that dictates how they react. But, uh, I mean, it's not a bad thing either because, uh, accountability, the, yeah, the officers know they're, they're someone that this is going to get downloaded and the supervisor going to look at it. I mean, it could be and it's public information. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be on their best behavior for them. For some, it's nothing changes because they always treat people the way yeah. they, they should be treated. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, the key to key to working with law enforcement is just being respectful, being you know, and if, if they're not being respectful, there's there are steps in place in all law enforcement. They've got we, every agency has an internal affairs for a specific reason because some cops do go bad. I mean, it could mm-hmm. be this isn't the job for them. They they've seen things and then it's they, they have to get help or they and, and it's not high pain. Gotta, it's not that no, high pain. So no. obviously you can you find you know ways to kind of get yeah. around and, and make something happen. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it's. Traditional law enforcement, they're traditionally it's a high alcoholism, high divorce rate. You know, there's there's shift work, there's yeah. holiday work. You're not home, you, mm-hmm. long hours. Uh, you know, you know, 
the divorce is a big one, you know. Why did you get home so late? You know, you, you just worked 15, you were gone for 15 hours. You had to work a 10-hour shift. Well, I was working. Why aren't you helping around the house? You know, I'm flipping tired. Because um, it's, it's draining, it's, it's, not just physically, but mentally. It's, it's very tiring. Yeah. It's a young man's profession. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd always think, I wish I could go back, but it, it, it would be hard on me now. Yeah. Shift work and everything, ugh. <laughs> uh, I was done. Yeah. Was, um, a 10-hour day is a short day. And, you know, it, Damn. getting up after a 10-hour shift and holding over two hours and then having to take an hour nap and then come back because you got to go to court. And then you sit there for five hours and then you don't, you don't get, you know, they don't call you in, so you got to come back the next morning, go, go home, sleep a few hours, and then go back to your night shift, come back the next... It's just hard, and it wears on you. So emotionally, and then, then you got to go back out and deal with the public and um you know you know you always have these people that are constantly challenging you're tired exhausted marital problems you know you got to hold that in place you got to keep check you got to be a keep, robot keep everything in check got to so, be a robot that's what people uh, expect yeah and you can do it nah, you can do it for, but, for but it's hard x amount of time yeah, yeah. but the po- folks going in are regular people like you well like you and mario i mean i was told mario he'd make a great cop <laughs> Big break up. Get out of here. Come on. Yeah. But, uh, but you know what? And, um, but it's a re- extremely rewarding career. I, I have no regrets. It wasn't a job for me. Yeah. It's a career. It's a family. It's a brotherhood. Yeah. Sisterhood, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I, I, I would do it all over again. And not too many people can say that about the jobs that they've For worked sure. In. Yeah. But it was a great job. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate now. It's um, it's different now. Yeah. And, uh, and I look at that and the, the uh, all the bad publicity law enforcement gets. There are some really good people that are trying to do a really damn good job. And they, they, they're all caught up in all the politics and all the media. And mm-hmm. and now we have Facebook and all the social media that we didn't, I didn't have back then. Well, it just amplifies the, yeah. you know, the, the divisive, the extremes. The political agenda for that. I think that's what I wanted to talk. What wanted to say that one time. It's because what gets a bigger reaction is bad news, negative news. Um, It it gets people more involved because it it, it heightens their their sense of like, oh, I need to pay attention to this because I don't want it to happen to me. Um, And what gets more people involved is 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 disagreement, unfortunately. Um, So that's why a lot of people will think that the media pushes a negative narrative to be divisive or social media is is out here to kind of separate us but it's it's just an algorithm the algorithm is to get you to tune in so they can sell you know they can you can watch commercials and the advertisers can sell you well what makes you tune in well hey there was a murder here and there was this crash here this was on fire there and what gets you more involved online is arguments and debates yeah. um, that keeps you coming back. So what are they going to promote? They're going to promote what brings you back. And sure. if all, yeah. all that's bringing hey, you in is that. Bad news is, is big money. It is. I, I think my son was talking about uh, the one that played pro ball. He uh, lived up in Canada. Yeah. And it was very opposite. They focused more on the good things that happened. Yeah. But uh, he said here. Those Canadians. The Canadians. But here, bad news sells. It's money. That's. It's people are going to, I mean, I, I get caught in that. I yeah. hear there's an active shooter. <gasps> active guilty. shooters get a lot of media attention on it. Are there more now? 
you know, and you have to ask yourself, are there more? You know, there's a lot of statistics, but yeah. when you look at active shooters, some of the active shooters involve a shooting at a, a school that uh, L.A. done where with a gang that happened 20 years ago that, that always been happening. But yeah. now they're being thrown into this pool. There's a lot more active shooters, and then when they happen, it's in the front page of yeah. every news media. Breaking news. It's breaking news. You know what? It's it's it's, and now you get all these wackos that are watching this, going, "Wow, I that guy's just on the. He's on every news, every channel. That's how I'm going to make my my make my name name yeah. my status here. I'm going to go. In fact, years ago, the FBI used to have the top ten. Yeah, yeah. And they would list them by in order. But at some point they stopped because they found that some of these idiots <laughs> yeah, wanted man. were working themselves to yeah. be the number one. Exactly. So now you got all this publicity on active shooters, all the bad stuff, and there's a lot of crazy people out there, folks that need help, not, probably not getting the help, and they see that and they're like, "I want to be." Yeah, that's how I'm gonna make it. It comes to the sense of community. I think everything comes back to yeah. a sense of community, belonging, and just you know, have people having your back. Yeah, and and the yeah. understanding that we. I think that can be rolled into just every issue that we have. Um, I think that if we could, if we if we could find a way to not say necessarily correct that, because again, it's not going to happen overnight, like no. everything else. No. But make make big strides to make that the case. Yeah, that I think that would be a big benefit to to our society. It's big money. Bad news is big money. <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell people when they're like, you know, it's like, oh, they're just, you know, it's all negative as far as like they're pushing on us, they're trying to divide us. I was like, listen. All they want is for you to tune back in, yeah. to pull out your phone and get on yeah. that app. That's what they want. Yeah. And how are they going to get it? By rallying you up. You have a good experience at a restaurant? You maybe tell two people. Yeah. You have a bad experience? You're gonna tell ten to twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just what it is. And all I remember is the bad thing. Yeah, you could have a hundred great things. Like I said, in law enforcement, you just say, you know, you have this cop that been fifteen, twenty years, and he's done great in one thing. Oh yeah, and they're they're ruined. And that and that's who that's you what are. They focus on. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's who, who you are. are. Yeah, it, it wasn't all this. Wasn't, yeah. And not only you, <clears throat> but now I'm gonna drag all law enforcement. You're mm-hmm. all corrupt. That's um, that's the easy way out. That's that's, that's child's mentality. I mean, you have to look past that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, gossip and, and uh, <laughs> perception is alive and yeah. well. Well, and gossip used to be a good thing. I mean, you needed to talk about you know what was going on in the community, but yeah, now it's just it's it's harmful. It's it's, yeah, it's yeah. hateful. It's, it, yeah, it's yeah. vindictive. It's mm-hmm. uh, ah, it's uh, yeah. This is why I moved out here. <laughs> Literally, I moved out here because. Uh, you know, it's quiet. I yeah. don't have neighbors, you know, looking in my yard or, yeah. you know, I show up in my uniform and, yeah. You know, it's, a, it, uh, it, uh, which is a whole nother story. But this gentleman I met that he was a member of the Aryan Brotherhood. That was a, <laughs> a family across the street took him in. But uh, it was interesting hearing his perspective on being out. Uh, he did like 25 years. He was at one of the second, one of the highest, well, he was a high-ranking member. Yeah. But it was interesting talking to this guy. I would go talk to him because I, you know, who's this guy across the street with all these tats on him? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But um, we would talk. But uh, his perspective on views on things, very different. It was a very educational for me. Yeah. Uh, how did he view things uh, from the other side of what I did? Yeah. Uh, it was quite interesting. Yeah, you have to take in that information. You yeah. do. I, I, that's another thing that people are doing is they're they're trying to censor 
um, speech. And I think, yeah. and I think you, you don't you don't just censor speech because what you're going to do is you're going to force those people to go find other like-minded you know individuals yeah. and groups and amplify yeah. that speech instead of just meeting with them at a table and and just communicating, trying yeah. to again understand where they're coming from and let them understand that their views in that sense yeah. are you know are wrong. Sure, um, but you you don't you don't just stifle bad speech by censoring it. You need to continue having good talks yeah. and sure. and more yeah. more speech and yeah. just let people kind of like you know pull on the rope because eventually they'll, they'll they'll hang themselves yeah. you know yeah. when when they try to use bad logic yeah but yeah. it is yeah. i agree yeah well uh caesar let's wrap this up man this was a pleasure right. yeah i mean i enjoyed it yeah this is my first radio <laughs> internet podcast and i used to be the uh uh uh, the, the supervisor, PI. The or, uh, public information public officer, information. PIO. Yeah, yeah, PIO. So every now and then I would, add, you know, my, our PIO would do it, but uh, in their absence, I would go out there, and uh, it was kind of nice because I could ask him what are the, what are you, you going to ask me? Yeah, and then and then they'd give me the questions, and all right. So, but every now and then we'd have like a, a major incident. I'd show up at the crime scene, and the media would show up, and it would be live. Oh shit! And that was the uh, oh my god, oh shit factor. Yeah. So this is kind of like one of those, <laughs> but. I know I knew I was going to be on TV, and this is a little different. So, <laughs> so I'm a little bit more comfortable here in my in my compas house here. So it's yeah. The TV was more regional, and now this is this this is this is worldwide. I mean, it's it's on YouTube. It's going to go on YouTube, so anybody can pull it up. Oh yeah, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to search for it. I'm glad you told me at the tail end of this thing. Yeah, perfect. So. I got you to say some incriminating things. No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, very cautious. Very cautious. Uh, all right, man. Well, again, it was a pleasure. And, oh, um, my pleasure. Uh, my I've, pleasure. Been, I've been definitely wanting to get somebody in the law enforcement background on yeah. just to, you know, it, it's like I said, it's a hot topic. Um, uh, and I would love to have you back on sometime. Oh, I'd yeah. love to go back on. Yeah. Well, anytime I come down here, I think I'm going to make it a point just to bring my, my gear down and just oh, find out talk who's about lined up. The current oh, trend. You ought to see him. He's a Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus, and I'm yeah. part of the Foothills karaoke circuit. So. Oh, gonna have to do um, some karaoke. Oh, oh, I can't sing worth a damn, but yeah, neither can I. <laughs> but they're all our winter visitors, and they're like, turning up their hearing aids, and uh, they love us. That's true. Us. That's good. good. That's true. Well, Caesar, thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for tuning in, all right. and. Um, Follow, subscribe, share, all that lovely stuff. And um, we'll come to you real soon with another episode. All right. Bye-bye. That's it, man.